It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Phillies Podcast. I am your host, longtime Phillies fan and recent Temple University Media School graduate, Dan Wilson. And on today's episode, part two of my conversation with Mike Robertson. Mike, of course, is the man behind the at Fransky LA Twitter account. And if you're a Phillies fan and you're not already following his work on that account, it's definitely a must follow. He's been a good standing account in Phillies Twitter for a long, long time at this point. I got him to tell some stories about the account and some of the notoriety that came with it rather uh, up to this point in part one. So definitely recommend listening to that. Part two, we talk more about the team itself, uh, where he sees this offseason going, how much would he give to a guy like JT Realmuto, uh, and some of his favorite memories and specific players that are his favorites uh, all time and on the current team. So I ask about that and a whole lot more. And of course, I got his take uh, on the Eagles coaching search because, you know, he's a Philly 4 for 4 guy. And I know not everyone is who's a Phillies fan, but. Uh, certainly the talk of the town in Philadelphia uh, over the past 24 hours is the hiring um, of Nick Sirianni. So got his take on that and a whole lot more. So take a listen to my part two of my conversation with Mike Robertson. Uh, we'll shift gears to the team here just for a little bit. Uh, you know, you're a Phillies fan, just like everyone else, obviously huge fan. What have you uh, made of this offseason thus far and how has it been for uh, your Twitter brand here? It's funny. I was thinking about the other day. I think Corey Simon had something where if they sign Real Muto to the number that they're talking about, they will end up spending more than like 27 of the 30 teams. In the I saw this tweet. Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah. And, and so if you if the season ended in Tampa and you you just went into a, a deep freeze and you came out in March and they end up with Real Muto and they end up with a new general manager and a new president and they bring Didi back or get an equivalent shortstop, and they add Archie Bradley, you probably would have been, okay, great offseason, or at least good offseason, or I'm okay with what they did. But the narrative has been so bad that just to get back to this now, and they're really only getting back to even. Um, so I'm, pos- I'm happy if they do bring Real Muto back because I like watching him play, and the alternative is terrible. And I'm happy that they bring Didi back or guys like that. I like the Bradley signing. But but ultimately, it, it can be a little frustrating that they're doing all this and we're all going to be like, great. And it really is just kind of running it back from last year with the hope that the bullpen is in the trash fire again. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So it is kind of funny that you're saying, like, just getting back to where it was, it's just like bringing Real Muto back, maybe bringing Didi Gregorius back. They have a new president of baseball operations trying to repair the bullpen. The NL East has gotten better. Like, what, what are we, in your opinion, what are we uh, in? And now it's a 162-game season. Right. Like, are, yeah. are, we, we might be in for some more long games, which, again, good for the account. Is, hmm. it for the, is it good for the team? I thought it was very interesting. You're starting to see his article. Um, it was on, I think it was Scott Lauber yesterday, saying that they're having concerns about just filling the 162 games worth of innings, which is crazy because, you know, obviously that's your business. But Spencer Howard only pitched 25 innings last year. That's 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 crazy to me because it just feels like he was such a big part of the narrative going into last season that he only pitched 25 innings. What can he ramp up to? Is 100 too much? And at that point, they only have three legitimate starters, and they're they are legitimate starters, but Eflin's not a guy who's been a horse. And and so, are you going to see a lot of 
Cole Irvin and Ranger Suarez and and I don't even know what they're doing with Velasquez. So I'm I'm concerned about that just as far as like quantity before you even get the quality um, with with the pitching. And then I understand, yes, the bullpen cannot possibly be as bad as last year, but there's no like science behind that. <laughs> there's no like now a lot of those guys aren't going to be back. Um, and I do think it was a weird year, but I mean, just because they're not going to be the worst bullpen of all time doesn't mean they're going to be, you know, lights out either. So the, the pitching actually concerns me a lot more, especially in 162 and especially in this division, because there's a world where the pitching, the starting pitching is the best thing the Phillies have. And it's the third or fourth best in the division, maybe. So it's going to be tough. Is, do you have a number in your head, like how much they should or should not spend on a guy like Romuto? I think that if you had asked me last spring before everything shut down and I just assumed a five for a hundred. And so if it's five for 110, that's okay with me. Um, I, I know everybody's more concerned about the years than the money. I, you don't want to pay a guy in the seventh year or something like that. And that's understandable. Um, I guess my concern until he signs on the dotted line is that somebody swoops in with like a one year, $40 million or something, you know, just something. Because now there's, there's these brave rumors that are out today, and I don't necessarily think that's going to happen because that's a, that's a lot of money for Atlanta to spend. But but it, you are leaving yourself susceptible for a situation where somebody does swoop in, and then what? You know, so that that's that's another concern. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I guess I'm very concerned, which is I'm not trying to be negative, but there are a lot of pieces considering we're only what five weeks out of spring training there's a lot of pieces that are not filled yet for a team that had a lot of problems even if you ran everybody back oh that's for sure yeah i was gonna ask you uh as a kind of switching back to a fan do you have like a favorite fan moment a favorite phillies moment it's obvious to say you know them winning the world series but you know you're you said you're in your 40s now Uh, you've been watching this team for a long time there's been a lot of bad years but there have been some good ones and it could even be something as simple or basic as like a specific game you remember attending yeah. or a moment with the account. Take me through some, what comes to your mind when I uh, say that. So when I when I grew up, it was like the end of Schmidt, like Juan Samuel and, and those kind of guys. And they were not great teams. Um, but you don't know that when you're eight or nine, that they're not great teams. And so when these guys play really well in September for two weeks, you assume that means we're going to win the World Series. And, and, you know, so there's a lot of that. So, of course, yeah. Yeah. And then 93 was great. 93 was our first like real team. And that was a fun team, obviously, to root for and all that stuff. But most of my like fun memory, I was at the Millwood no hitter at the vet. Okay. The Fanatic's birthday. Yeah. Well, my birthday is very close to the Fanatic's birthday. So my family would always take us to the Fanatic's birthday. So me and my dad went just for like, this is the last one at the vet. We got to go. And of course turns into to that game. Um, if you've never been to a no hitter, don't go to another one. They're nerve wracking as all get out. They are rough. Like it's just, I, I enjoyed it after it happened, but it is definitely like stressful in, in the moment, every pitch, especially because it was like, I think it was the giants. So it's like, you just assume bonds is going to hit a home run or something. But most of my memories are just like bad teams nobody in the vet deciding to go at the last minute and sitting in the 700 level with like four other people. Um, the one I always bring up and I, I'm 99% sure this happened. I don't think this is just my memory pretending that it happened was Charlie Hayes was playing third base 
in a day game. He was having an awful game and he made three errors. And after the third error, somebody threw a hat on the field. And I just, I just remember thinking this is exactly what the Phillies of the early nineties are. So a um, lot, lot of memories like that um, before it got good again. More of my conversation with Mike Robertson, the man behind the at Fransky and LA Twitter account uh, coming right up where we discuss, discuss the current team, his lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fandom, and more about how he kind of got into this account and the evolution of his Twitter account coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at Bet Online. Look, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust here at Locked On for all of your betting needs. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. And look, there's plenty to bet on this weekend and beyond. Coming on, coming up on Sunday, you have Conference Championship Weekend in the NFL. Bucks at the Packers. Packers favored by three and a half in this game. That's who I would like in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers is actually going to lead this Packers team to his second Super Bowl title. Uh, the Bills at the Chiefs this weekend, two great stories in the NFL this season. Patrick Mahomes continues to be dominant. The sense I'm getting, and I think the sense around the league, is that he's going to play. And, of course, the Bills still in search of their first ever Super Bowl title. The Chiefs are favored by three in that game. But, look, maybe you want to keep it a little bit more local. Sixers hosting the Celtics this evening. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Jason Tatum will not be going for the Celtics. Maybe you like the Sixers to complete the back-to-back sweep. Again, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the betting action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also want to tell you about my friends at rockauto.com. Look at the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars. It's now impossible to stock all of the parts you need in a traditional store, chain storefront. Why deal with seemingly pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brands they happen to have in stock. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Again, go to rockauto.com for the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. No increase in price. It's the same thing that people who run these stores and auto body shops get. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to check out rockauto.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? Dan Wilson here from the Locked On Phillies podcast, telling you about another podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network that you need to be following. Get more sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes. Subscribe today to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Sure. And in terms of since you kind of in modern day age, like what is you have Bryce Harper, you mentioned you think the starting rotation might actually be the best aspect on this team. What is the biggest draw in your opinion right now uh, to this current roster? And do you see again, you've seen many eras of Phillies baseball. Do you see parallels? Do you see differences culturally? Because no one, you know, as plugged in as you've been to the team for a long, long time. 
I'll be curious to see. I think it gets lost, obviously, for obvious reasons, but there was a really good feeling about this team in spring training, the, the first spring training, before the everything shut down. They had a really good record, but they were playing the right way, and Girardi had them running, and it was just like you were hearing fundamentals, and there was just a lot of good chatter. Nobody remembers that because obviously all the stuff that happened afterwards. And I think there's a world where that can come back, and maybe that's the that's the push, that's the elevation that they have this year that they didn't have last year. Maybe everything just kind of, kind of got sideways. Um, but I but I do think they are fun. I mean, it was fun in a perverse way last year with the bullpen and everything. But like, if oh, you really Lord. think of, yeah. if you really think about it, like, I really like watching Harper play. I just do. I really like watching Real Muto play. I liked watching Didi play. Hoskins when he's hot is fun to play. They are bone. They are fun guys to watch play. Now, that doesn't necessarily always mean you're a winning team, and winning's the most fun. But if you're going to be around 500, I'd rather have it be a fun team than like that 2018 team that finished 500 or one game under and was excruciating to watch. So I think I've quote unquote matured as a fan where I can pick out things like that, that aren't necessarily winning and losing that at least make it a little more enjoyable. Um, but I'd, I'd rather them win. I'd rather, I'd rather, the, I'd, I'd love to do this account like in a playoff setting, um, you know, cause I haven't. So ultimately that is the most fun, but you know, you take what you can get. Do you ever go back and look at the old tweets from like the very, very early days? You did it during the 102 win season into a playoff series. Like what was uh, the difference then now? How have you learned what, how have you evolved and what have you learned about the world of Twitter? Again, not necessarily the stereotypical age bracket of those who are excel at it, I'll say. So the, when the pandemic hit, I think I went back and started doing like a this day on. So I would search to see what happened on that day. And what I learned was I did not tweet a lot the first few years. And if I did, um, the formatting was terrible. I hadn't figured out (laughs) the best way to do it. And it was, you know, nobody really paid attention. So that's what I learned. Um, So I think I got better at kind of, um, of picking that stuff up, but yeah, there would be like weeks or months where I probably didn't, didn't do it. Um, and I think that does help if you're having a Twitter account like this, the frequency, like, you know, people will forget you very quickly if, if you're not doing it. So I do think there is something for that. And then you just have enough running gimmicks, um, you know, at, for some reason people really enjoy when a bad reliever comes in and you put a gif of somebody jumping out a window. I don't know why people enjoy that, but they do. So, to the point where I've been like out watching games and had to quick throw it on, you know, even if I wasn't listening to the game, but I saw it on the bar of TV that a certain reliever was coming in. So it's, you know, um, it's probably best not to think about why, <laughs> why it connects with people, but. It does. It's just like if you're going to be infuriated over a team, if you're going to have a team who loses games because they can't correctly call a pop up or no one can get an out late in a game, you have to be like sarcastically laughing about it online or else like what are we doing here? Like I would imagine, again, I've only basically lived in an online era. I would imagine that bad Phillies losses or bad losses in general for any sports teams we're not nearly as fun in a day where you only could complain to the people and they're sitting in the room with you. No, no, you would just be angry. And like, I think the, the, when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl in 04, we were watching it at a bar down the street and the game ended and we got up. Nobody said a word. We got up, 
We left. It's just, it's I, just depressing. It, it's and we, I think I threw a water bottle down an alley. That was the extent of my, you know, that was my social media, I guess. But it's like the end. They're, they're, now, listen, there are obviously good outlets and there are bad outlets about it. But but no, I, I agree. It's, it's a communal experience. It just happens to have been a ridiculous communal experience lately. But I do think there have been tiny stretches where they were winning and it was fun. And that's what I think we're all hanging around for ultimately, you know, is for it to happen again. So a favor before I let you go, I do have to ask you your favorite Philly of all time. And I'll ask for a current and uh, a former and present Philly favorite. All, all time, all time. It is Juan Samuel. It will always be Juan Samuel. That's the first guy I grew up watching. I played second base in my terrible little league career. He played second base. I got into terrible habits watching him play, throwing sidearm and flipping the bat. And I almost hit an umpire and I got yelled at <laughs> it's like eight years old. But I just loved watching him. I still have my Juan Samuel bat from bat day, which is at least 30 years old. I, you know, so he, he'll always be my favorite because he was like my first favorite sure. player. Yeah. Um, currently, I always like the random guys. Like I always like utility infielders or, or, you know, the backup catcher or things like that. But honestly, this is probably a star heavy. Like I, I really, it's so, it's so tacky. But I, I really do like watching Harper. I do like watching real Muto. I, I would say it ends up being that um, just cause I can't, <laughs> there's so many. I'm trying to run through all the guys they had last year. And I don't know that there's anybody that really was worthy um, out of coming out of the bullpen or anything that was, that was a favorite. So. And, and lastly, and this isn't even a Phillies question, but it's just the news of the day here in Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles make a coaching hire. Um, your thoughts? I'd be lying if I said I knew a whole lot about the the Colts offensive coordinator. Um, I, I was rooting for them to hire Deuce. I don't think they should have fired Peterson. But I, I, no, I, I was pro Peterson too, and it seems like this Nick Sirianni hire – is catering to Wentz, who I thought was a bigger problem than Peterson. I thought Peterson got the short end of the stick, missing the playoffs for the first time since winning the Super Bowl, and he's out. I get the season was bad. It was bad for a lot of reasons. I would have kept him, too. Yeah. But And there were a lot of people who wanted Deuce. I, I don't think you're in the necessarily alone, definitely not alone in that respect. I think the problems they have are going to exist regardless of who the coach is, and so – I'll, I'll be curious to see how this goes. I'm glad it's not Josh McDaniels. I didn't like a, that. A lot of people were anti-Josh McDaniels, yeah. yeah. But they got they got, they got a lot of problems. So if they like the guy, we'll see. But, yeah, it was not the uh, – it certainly was not what I was expecting considering I did not who the, know who the guy was two days ago. So. I mean, no, he kind of just emerged again with some Twitter. Again, this is the day and age we live in uh, in terms of content versus just like if it were previous. Otherwise – the only reason I knew anything about Nick Sirianni before today is because there were some videos of a minute or two of him, like getting amped at Colts practice or right. him doing a question and answer video on the Colts Twitter account in the pre-internet age. We would literally know nothing. We still don't really know a whole lot. We know he coached under Frank Reich, who used to be here. We can basically guess that it seems to be a Carson Wentz hire, but look, we'll all be sitting here. I wanted Peterson back as well. I think the team has larger problems. But I suppose if this doesn't work, there's really no further excuses to turn it on. I guess is the only positive. They'll have no choice but to move on from Wentz and possibly Sirianni. And maybe one day they'll actually cut ties with Howie Roseman, though I'll kind of believe it when I see it sort of thing. It, it, it's just it, it's a weird situation. You're right. I think there's a lot of 
systemic problems within the organization. And I think we take for granted because Reed was here so long, like most teams do flip coaches every three or four years. We just have not done that a lot. So my fear is that it turns into a situation where you're having this exact same conversation two years from now. And yeah. Then, yeah. You know, Although so. I would have thought Doug Peterson winning this, typically the coaches who so. win the Super yeah. Bowl, <laughs> usually the coaches who win the Super Bowl stay a little bit longer than the, I mean, you look at the Super Bowl winning coaches around the league typically stay longer than that. Yeah. So look, I, I would have liked to bring them back too. I didn't want them to move forward with Carson Wentz. They're basically doing the exact opposite of that. We'll see how uh, Nick Sirianni does. Uh, Mike, yeah. thank you so much uh, for your time today. Definitely uh, enjoyed learning a lot. Uh, behind the Twitter account. Definitely a great follow. Again, if you don't already follow it, Fran- at Fransky LA uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Great. Thanks for having me, Dan. Take it easy. That will do it for this two-part episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Again, thank you to Mike Robertson for coming on today's show. And, you know, again, if you ha- aren't already following him, be sure to give him a follow at Fransky LA on Twitter. If you like today's episode, then you'll likely like what we have coming up next week. Going to have John Foley on the pro- program. And if you're not familiar with his work, he's the man behind the 2008 Phillies Twitter account that has since branched off into his own personal Twitter. Again, another Phillies Twitter personality that I will be happy to get here on Locked on Phillies. And also planning to have James Seltzer, uh, WIP Midday producer James Seltzer, also the host of the High Hopes podcast, Jack Fritz. I had Jack on the show uh, a little more than a month ago now at this point. So happy to get James on as well. So got that coming up next week. And we are now less than a month away till pitchers and catchers. So I'm getting amped up. I'm sure you are too. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.